guys, and welcome to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I'm your host, Alicia. And I'm Brian. And we are really just so thankful that you guys are here, that you're going along on this journey with us, and that because of you guys, we're growing. We are literally growing every single week. Just the numbers are climbing and it just amazes me how many of you guys are listening, how many of you are downloading, and that this just tells me that you guys really need this podcast. You need these topics that we're talking about. So that's just super encouraging to me. It's very encouraging to see our numbers go up of people listening. And we just want to be encouraging to to those more than anything. You know, no matter what you're going through, we've said before that, you know, God can get you through anything. And just almost, it's almost, we just want to challenge you, you know, no matter your situation, um, just challenge you to get on board with God and let him do what he does best, just healing things and Mm -hmm. redeeming things and just making something good out of something that's, and it don't have to be a marriage. It could be like an addiction. It could be a drug addiction. We see so many people at church that's, you know, now in jail ministries, leading jail ministries that used to be in jail. The, yeah, they used to be in jail for drugs, even in prison for drugs. So, you know, it's not only marriage, it's just so many things across the board. God can turn so many different situations around no matter what you're in. Yeah. So if you're listening to it and you just think, oh, this just is a, is a marriage um, podcast, it's not true. You know, it's just just encouraging those that no matter what you're involved in, God, first off, can shut the door and get you out of it. Yeah. And second, he can bring healing to that area. Yeah, that's really good. And I was just thinking that, you know, a lot of times the place where God wants to use you is usually where the enemy will assault you. And so for us, it was in our marriage over and over and over and over again. It it seemed like for years and years and years, like we just, we couldn't catch a break. Like our marriage was constantly under attack over and over and over. And then all of a sudden what's happened, you know, it's like, you know, God opened the door for me to write a book about our marriage. You know, we've been on multiple TV shows talking about our marriage. We have a podcast now talking about marriage issues. And so I think it's a lot of times you, um, where the enemy targets is usually the area where God is calling you. And so if you're like, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what God, you know, wants me to do in my life. Well, (laughs) I don't think this is always true, but like if you see a pattern where the enemy is constantly attacking you in one area over and over and over and over again, that might be a sign that that's where you're called. And so, um, I think it's really encouraging, honestly. So going into today's episode, we wanted to talk about, you know, when God redeems a situation, he doesn't just redeem one portion, but he redeems all the way. And what we're talking about is in our situation, in our marriage, you know, we had gone through, oh my gosh horrendous just we were such a terrible 
example to our kids of what marriage is. I mean, terrible. (laughs) And we put forth just, they saw too much. They were exposed to too much. They were drugged through too much. And when God redeemed us, then we're kind of looking at our kids like, uh uh-oh, what's going to go on there? You know, what's going to happen there? Yeah, there was, uh, gosh, just, I guess back in like 2013 when we got things resolved or we were in the beginning of resolving things and I was back home. Yeah, there was, I mean, it was very obvious. Our kids were very standoffish, especially for me. You know, they didn't trust me. They didn't know what dad was going to do or what dad would say or the way dad would act. So it did. It took, it took a year or two for them to even trust me. But, you know, like you said, God redeems everything, even their hurts, what they've been through that we, things that we put them through and the things they heard and saw that caused them pain. You know, we, we saw it. We saw them, you know, be healed from that. And, you know, even our oldest, you know, I remember, I mean, you remember me telling you that when I apologized to him for everything, he actually made a comment and he was old enough to know then that he didn't remember all of that. It was like God had wiped it from his mindset. Some of the things he had heard or seen us as we, you know, fought and, you know, me walking out and stuff. So. You know, God has a way of healing things supernaturally. Yeah, he does. And I mean, and I also want to say that some of it we're still walking out, you know, and if therapy needs to be incorporated for your kids, I think that is totally a good thing. Um, Especially like if you're going through a really, really hard thing and they're just seeing a lot, they're being exposed to a lot. So yes, God can absolutely come in and just like with our oldest son, just kind of remove some of those memories. But I think for the larger majority of people, that doesn't really happen. You know, there has to be like the whole rebuilding of trust again, because like you were saying, you know, they're kind of, they were looking at you as, are you going to be safe this time? And so it was a process of you walking out with them that, yes, I am safe. Yes, you can trust me. Yes, I, um, I'm not going to abandon you again because it was like, it wasn't just me. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like, oh, you're walking on me. It was like an abandonment of the whole family, including our three kids. And so they had to really go through their own healing process. And, um, like even with our daughter, we had to do some therapy with her because, you know, females, women tend to be more emotionally driven and they might need a little bit more than maybe, you know, a male does not saying that men or boys don't need therapy because they absolutely do. So you just have to look at each kid individually and be like, what do I need to do? Like with our youngest, of course, like he was so, so little, um, a lot of that he didn't really remember or, um, but it was mainly kind of like the two older ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, 
I mean, one thing is, as a dad or a, or a husband, a father, or a husband, when you decide to change your life, it's very important to step up the road as being a father or or a, or a husband. It's very, you know, it's it's a balance. I've said before, it's a balance of between being like tender and being sometimes, you know, the macho side of being a dad. You know, you got to balance the two. You got to you got to have that tough side of you that's willing to protect your family from anything, but at the same time, be tender enough to love them and show kindness and care for them. And it's not easy for a man to do that. It's not. So, yeah, it's, it's very important for a father to know the balance between those two. And being a father, like, to be honest, I mean, there's there's people we know and friends we know that we know they're good fathers. We know they're good grandfathers. But to be honest, there's a lot of dads out there in the world, and that's what's so messed up. That's what has got things so out of balance with families anymore because there's more fathers that don't play the father role than there is. You know, the father's like, oh, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to provide, which is a great thing. You want to be a provider. But, you know, then it's all about providing so we can have this, we're going to have that, or, you know, it gets in, sometimes it gets in materialistic things. Sometimes the dad gets so involved in work, that's all his life is. So he leaves the mother home to raise the children. And he don't have that relationship with his kids. And it's just a trickle-down effect. You know, we see it across the nation with just fatherlessness. You know, it's just so many times you get into these situations where the crimes have been committed by teenagers or young adults. And when they talk about it, it's the mom's there talking about her kid being innocent or her kid is not a bad kid. And nowhere is the father in the scene. So... You know, it's, there's so much about being a father and a dad that anymore our uh, culture has just canceled it out. It's just like, you know, the, the things that a father really should stand for don't even exist anymore in most homes. So, you know, it's, it's very important for a father to be there and back his wife up and raising the kids and and loving the kids and loving his wife and showing that to him. But at the same time, having a sight to him of when things need to be dealt with, he might have to be a little more harsher at times, but show it in love. The, the big thing is just being a responsible father and dad, you know, and not, not leaving it up to the mother to completely raise the kids. Right. I know. I think that's, a big thing that we're facing in this world right now is just kids are having to parent themselves and we're not seeing a good job of that because a kid doesn't know how to parent themselves. They need someone who loves them, um, who has experience and can point them in the right direction or put protections around them. And we're not seeing that. And we're seeing, I think a lot of what we're even seeing in the world right now is a lack of parenting, a lack of parental and mother roles in the home. And it's, it's sad, but I think, I think this can fully be, you know, um, corrected 
if moms and dads would just step up to the plate and be like, and that's the thing I think, because as we're kind of looking back over our life and our history, we don't have the most impressive track record of being a good mom and dad with our kids. You know, when, when you were out doing your thing and I was having to do the single mom, um, yeah, I, I was stepping up to the plate, but I was also falling apart in front of them. So they were seeing, you know, just they were seeing a, an emotional roller coaster of a mom. You know, the dad wasn't there and mom was an emotional mess. And so we've presented to, to our kids a heaping dose of what instability looks like. But I think the, the thing that is the most beautiful is that God can turn it around yeah and there's even times i mean you know there's times that we will talk to each other and be like we hope the way we raise our kids did not mess them up you know that's one of our biggest fears but you know like you said there's god can redeem so much and and turn things around and not only bring ourselves healing but healing for our children yeah and it's like you know it's like anything it's like God gives us a chance to start over and we have to give ourselves a chance to start over, you know, even proving to our children that mom and dad's different now. Mom and dad's a loving mom and dad and our mom and dad is a caring mom and dad. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, we have to have that Christ-like love that he has for us and we- to show them, you know, that, and that that's what proves it to them. And that's what, that w- what really speaks volume to them is when they see that. Yeah. And I, I think that like, even with our kids, they had a front row seat to all of our instability, but they also had a front row seat to our healing process. And so they were able to see the depths of the hurt, but they've also been able to see us walk out healing how we've had to walk out forgiveness what that looks like how forgiveness can be hard i mean they've seen this fully that forgiveness is not a one and done thing forgiveness is something that is walked out and so they have learned a lot of life lessons that i think a lot may not learn um until maybe they you know get into adulthood and they have, they have these things they have to face on their own. So I I fully believe that everything that our kids, everything that our family has walked through, that God will use this in some way for their good. You know, um, our kids have had to see massive amounts of betrayal, but they've also had to see what it looks like when you walk through forgiveness. Who can say they've got to see that actively play out? actively see like wow forgiveness is like that takes time forgiveness is not like i'm sorry okay i forgive you we'll never talk about it again it's forgotten you know that's not possible and they've seen this play out the process of forgiveness and for me that was something i had to learn and my kids are actually or our kids are actually seeing this actually play out in their life in our lives like wow okay so forgiveness is a process it's a journey it's not like 
you know, it's a journey, not a sprint. So yeah, they actually not, get to see that. It's not like a on off light switch. Cause I know, you know, I've had to ask you for forgiveness. I've had to ask the kids for forgiveness and you know, it's like you can, they can say they forgive you, but then it's back. The, the, the ball's back in your court again after you ask for forgiveness because you have to prove to them that you have changed. So, you know, it's not always easy because we have hiccups. We have, we stumble. And then that's where it gets really frustrating because you've asked forgiveness and they're forgiving you. And then you're on the journey of trying to prove to them that you're sorry. Yeah. And sometimes you fail and then you feel like you're back to the beginning again of trying to ask for forgiveness again. And that can get very, that can just be mentally exhausting because the devil tries to defeat you that way by saying you've messed up again. You're just going to continue to go down this route. So don't even ask forgiveness again, but it's just very important to keep, keep on that journey be humble and keep asking for forgiveness. And there might even be times somebody won't forgive you, but that don't mean you stop right. trying to change, you, you know, because yeah. sometimes it, the ones, even the ones that won't forgive you, if they see you trying to change and you're making an attempt, even without their forgiveness, yeah. a lot of times it'll lead to their forgiveness in the, in the future because they know you were yeah. working on it legitimately. Well, I think when you, when you ask someone to forgive you and they don't, well, that's now on them. And the, really the only thing that you can do is keep putting one step in front of the other to improve yourself, to better yourself, to walk holy, to, to walk upright before God, whether or not they forgive you at that point, you know, there's really nothing you can do. There really isn't. So you just have to, you just have to keep going. You know, you just have to keep going, but we really just wanted to come on. You guys come on here to encourage you guys because our kids have been through hell and back and then back to hell again and then back again. It's been like a roller coaster for them too. Um, not just, you know, the years that we of not just the bad years, but the healing years too mm -hmm. were really rough as well because yeah, we were back in the home. We were, you know, we were rededicating everything, but that's when all the work started. You know, that's really where everything, where the rubber hit the road where, okay, we were having to face some demons. We were having to face some root systems. We were having to face a lot of what went wrongs at that point. And it took a while because it was a lot of inner healing. There was some deliverance that came in. We had to do some soul searching. You had to do some soul searching. We had to both look into our family lines and figure out, okay, what was going on, you know, in our genealogy that we were unaware of. And we found stuff that we were able to put the, put the ax to with the Holy Spirit's help. Right. And that 
right there will help our kids' future. The fact that we were able to stop those curses, we were able to stop those, um, just those, those demonic things that were coming into our family, into our DNA that we didn't even know was there because that's actually how the enemy wants to work. Right. Is it as you not knowing because just because you don't know doesn't mean it's not there. Kind of like, you know, because you had a, in your family line, you had infidelity in your genealogy and you didn't know it. Well, unknowingly to you, it still affected you. Do you see what I mean? Yes. So just because you don't know something or realize it's there doesn't mean it's not there. Right. And it's affected other family members. And so I think that's why it's so important to figure out, okay, why, why is there this pattern in my life that I can't seem to break? And that's just what you did. When we got back together, we were like, okay, because we had just rededicated our life to God. We were on this journey, but then we were like, wait a second, where did the enemy get in? You know what I mean? Right. It redirected us. It refocused us. And when you think about it, it weaponized us as well because we learned what we needed to do moving forward. And we were no longer ignorant. We were weaponized because we knew what to do. We knew where the enemy had got in and we knew how to take the ax to the root. And that's exactly what we did. And that is when all of it stopped is when we took a stand and we became bloodline breakers in our family. Yeah, I think it's very important too. This is kind of off the topic there, but as I was sitting there, I just, I feel like this is for somebody. It's just not to allow the enemy to press you into giving up because one thing he tries to do so many times is he allows the parents to see the hurt of the children. He allows to see their pain. And then sometimes there's times when he'll use that against you, like to try to get you to stop the fight, to try to give up thinking that if you're not together with your spouse then the children won't see it and they will be able to heal. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, he used that even against me. It's like, if you're not married, if we're not married and we're not together, then the children won't see us fight. They won't see us arguing, which he would always lie and say. So if you, if you're not together, they won't see this and they won't hurt. They won't have the pain, but that's the furthest thing from the truth. Right. Because I think in most situations, the children would rather their parents be together. Even if they did see that. Yeah. And if you're, calling upon God in your situation. He's not going to desert you. You know, the enemy wants one thing to kill, steal, and destroy your family. And that's it. Once you, once you divorce or you split up, he's going to continually make them children hurt. He's going to continually make your spouse hurt or you hurt. And that's the flip side of God is, yeah, it might not be easy to stand for your family and, and to stand united especially if you've went through infidelities and hurts like that. It's, it's, it's so hard. It's probably, it's, it's super hard. Even though I, I was, I was 
on the opposite end of it. I wasn't on the receiving end, but I know it's still tough to stand. But in the long run, your children are going to benefit from you standing. And God's not going to desert you. He's going to see you standing for your family, which is what he's for. He's 100% for family. He is the creator of family. And he will honor that. And he will meet you in your place. And he will meet you in your healing. He will meet your kids in their healing. Yeah. So you know, don't ever let the enemy lie. I just feel like there's somebody today just feeling like they're wanting to give up because they want their kids to quit hurting. And mm-hmm. that's not it. You know, yeah. your kids would rather hurt and see you together. And God would rather see you together. And he will take care of those hurts. It might not happen overnight or in a week or a year, but eventually he will heal. He will heal the entire family. Yeah. I think especially if um, the the husband and wife, they are both in agreement to reconcile. You know, like... um, it's hard. It, it, it is really, really a hard thing when one person wants out and the other wants to hang on. And that's really where you need to know what is God telling you to do? Because that was our situation. Mm-hmm. Our situation was, I felt like God was asking me to hang on and you wanted out. And uh, that guys that is, you have to have to have to hear from God on what to do in that situation. Like I can't say, Oh, you need to do this, you know, because this honestly, in some situations, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, Oh my gosh. Yeah. God can redeem that. But like, there may be, there may need to be a time of like separation where you guys get your stuff worked out separately you know, we don't ever want to be like, oh, stay together and let him abuse you or let her abuse you. You know, there's a reason people do that. And there's a, that needs to be taken care of. But I fully, fully believe like, cause I remember the enemy used to lie to you and tell you that it would be better for you if the kids didn't see you hurt. And I saw the other side of it and the kids needed you most while they were hurting. And so the enemy was trying to use like two different ways. You know what I mean? He was trying to pull you out by a lie. And then he was trying to um, put rejection inside the kids saying that you didn't care. And so he never, the enemy never, he's never like one, has one um one thing that he's going after. It's usually like multiple things. He's going after the dad, he's going after the mom and he's going after each child. And so the enemy is coming after your home. It ain't just about you. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. He wants everybody. He wants everybody. And the sad thing is a lot of times you'll see, I mean, you'll see different things where it'll be a 40 or 50 year old man. And we're tearing up talking about, their parents when they divorced or, you know, my dad left my mom when we were teenagers Yeah, and these are grown adults and they're still tearing up. So, you know, you can't say that this doesn't affect people long-term. So it is, it's very important to fight for your family, for men to fight for their families. Most men, just being honest, most men are not men anymore. They're weenies. I mean, putting it simple. 
I mean, we see it. We see it in the church world. We see it in our church. They're just not men. Their their wives are prayer warriors, um, and the men sit back and just they let them be prayer warriors. along. Yeah, <laughs> like they leave it up to the wife, and you know, it's I don't have much respect for men like that. And they just you know, they just think that uh, they can go to work and come home and the provider and that's it and that's that's not it that's yeah. not it at all men need to be i'm not saying a wife there's anything wrong with a wife being a prayer warrior at all i mean that's great but when you i have think a, a lot wife, of times that's what holds the together right yeah a lot of families but when you have a husband and wife are both prayer warriors wow i mean you got a huge advantage mm-hmm. you know just covering your kids from every angle and you know people people might think well, you know, that's just, you know, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it in our own family, just both of us praying over our family and, and prayer time together and stuff and how it's affected our family in a positive way, our kids in a positive way. And, you know, if, if a man can't stand up for his family in prayer and be a prayer warrior, yeah. he shouldn't go to ball games and yell at another parent because they said something about their kid. Way they play the sport, right? I mean, seriously, it's just you know, yeah, be a man for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh wow, I know. I think that, um, and and I'm thankful. I am thankful that. Well, I was just thinking about like when you have a couple who, and, and you know, we're not like I don't want people to think we're casting judgment because we have been there oh my gosh we've been there (laughs) and we've seen that that's the thing it's like when you see a better way you're like hey do this trust me we've gone that way that didn't work or that was really hard or that was really damaging and i think that that's kind of like what we're talking about is hey this is a better way right this helps, this hurts, you know, right. um, I would much rather somebody tell me, you know, Hey, there's a shortcut over here versus like taking another road that costs me four extra hours. You know what I mean? Like, give me the shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> it gets me there quicker. I mean, that's, that's with anything in life. There's been times where I've built, I've been building for years and somebody come along and be like, Hey, have you thought about doing it this way? It's so much easier. And you're sitting there thinking, I wish I'd have known this 15 years ago. Yeah. But you can get defensive and proud and be like, no, I'm sticking with the way I've always done it, even though it's harder. Or you can be humble and be like, the outcome of this is the same. The quality of it is the same. But the way they've done it and the way they're te- trying to teach me, it's going to save me time. And you can take that and use it and benefit from it. But it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn from, but you have to learn from your mistakes. But it's okay to make mistakes we have yeah. all along the way. But, you know, it's just sometimes it's listening to others that's been through it. And they're like, well, try this because this works. Right. And you do it and then you see it works. And you yeah. still might make mistakes. Oh, yeah. You know, and just, but it's just, it's just a process of keep moving forward. And, I just want to say this closing out, you know, if you've been someone like maybe us where you've made some very unwise decisions in your relationships, 
And maybe you were even, instead of building up your home, you were tearing it down with your own hands. The good thing is, is that God can redeem. He absolutely can. And he can get down there with you on the foundation of the house where you were just, you know, using that, what is it, jackhammer? Jackhammer, (laughs) And you were trying to destroy your own foundation. He can get down there with you at ground level and start to rebuild it again. And then the thing is, is when God rebuilds your foundation with you, he builds it right there's no more foundation issues. There are no more cracks. There's no more. It's not, you know, unlevel. When you allow God to take you back down to foundation level, he builds it right. Which I feel like with us, we had to go back to our foundation because that's where all of the cracks were. That's where all of the, um, we just built incorrectly on our foundation level. But what we walked through really enabled us to go back. And so I just want to close with this scripture. And I know it says woman in the scripture, but this could very easily be for a man as well. So we're just going to add woman and man in there, <laughs> but it's Proverbs 14, one, it says every wise woman or man encourages and builds up their family but a foolish woman or man over time will tear it down with their own actions. And so we just want to encourage you guys, if you've been one of those who's maybe you've tore down your family, you've tore down your home with your own hands, you can rebuild. God can redeem. We've seen it in our lives. We've seen it in our kids' lives. We've seen where God's, you know, are righting those wrongs. He, he does that and there's no other explanation for it except for him. There's none. And so we just want to leave you guys with that, that he can redeem. And when he redeems, he redeems with an exclamation point. So we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please check out our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. Until next time, we, we bless, bless you. you.